This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back, everyone, as we begin the second hour of Real Presence Live. Father James Gross, joined by Father Jason Leffer, priest of the Diocese of Fargo on what is uh, shaping up to be a beautiful uh, mid-autumn day here in uh, the Grand Cities. It's been rather dry, but that's been very helpful at this time of the year for sugar beet potato harvest. And, uh, you know, the corn harvest is going to be uh, cranking up here and and all of the rest of that. Um, But uh, I saw uh, some stories earlier in the week where the Mississippi River is down to some very low levels currently because of an extended uh, dry you know patch um, in our area but I guess I'm not too worried about that because with the kind of winters we're accustomed to I think uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin um, you know that will be able to pour a lot of water into that watershed before next summer (laughs) I in my mind it's gonna snow December 23rd so but all those folks out there who love snow uh, they always get upset when I talk that way. So, a week ago there was a part of a day where there were flakes in the air. Yes. Um, it did not accumulate here, but there were other parts. I know down, um, uh, and it might have been Lake Effect uh, near uh, Michigan and Indiana, where they had gotten some measurable snow. So, it's only a matter of time, brother. Winnipeg and Twin Cities, and I was talking with a gentleman from the Rockies uh, yesterday. He said the skiing is going to begin shortly. The snow has come. So. It's, it's happening. It's inevitable. That's right. That's right. We just have to embrace it. Well, speaking of embracing the outdoors and changes in seasons, our next guest is somebody who, in the area of the country in which he lives, is very used to that. Uh, we have from Wyoming Catholic College in Lander, Wyoming, Kyle Washett. Um, welcome to Real Presence Live. We're going to try to recover Kyle on the uh, line. Um, And uh, Wyoming Catholic College is an interesting story. Maybe our listeners in the Gillette area are a little bit more uh, familiar with this institution. They only started like a few years ago, right? For you and I, we say a few, but it's probably almost 15 now. Yeah. It's it's gone quickly. And and actually, I have a a couple of my parishioners who who are gone. They're associated with the college and fantastic experience immersion experience that they have there so when mm-hmm. when Kyle does come back on here it's going to be fun to hear indeed the yep programming and how they go about we are going to so. be uh, talking to him about that the whole concept I think of kind of starting from scratch if you're wanting to provide a, a Catholic education and the uh, advantages of the area that they're in there um, now uh, Lander I think that's kind of in the uh, south central toward the southwestern part of the state so it's not like right in the heart of uh, the Tetons or the Bighorn Mountains or things like that, but uh, pretty rugged territory. I mean, most of Wyoming is. So, and I, I think what we're going to hear from Kyle here is he's going to talk about incorporating, you know, education in the Catholic faith and the outdoors and going out. And they, they have these, especially at the beginning of the year, they'll, they have these immersion experiences where they go out into the wilderness, you know, literally on horseback and uh, hiking and so forth. And they have real powerful experiences through yeah. through, through nature and mm-hmm. goodness and beauty and philosophy. <laughs> right, right. 
Yep. So it's just the, uh, I, I think a lot of what happens there at Wyoming Catholic is um, the immersion of the whole person in that higher education experience, not just kind of a sheltered, you know, you're, you're in the library, you're at your computer, you're in your classroom, but savoring things that happen around you. You know, and uh, so here, as we wait for Kyle to come back or get reconnect with him, you know, on that point, Father Gross, so I had this incredible conversation yesterday with this young person who they 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 feel called to counseling and they were going to go and get a regular degree through university uh, but they've heard about this this new kind of catholic expression that's going on which is called counseling through mentoring where um it, it's it's more like you you actually are you 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 become a more of a mentor than a counselor where you actually a problem to be fixed but they're a person to relate to and it's like it's more of a walking side by side you know through life kind of a thing and and i think like um say like you know with wyoming catholic here it's education it's going to be similar to that like treating you as a whole person not not just knowledge to be transferred you know to your brain but through walking with relational experiencing uh the goodness and the beauty of of the outdoors mm-hmm so we're just pulling up a, a map, a view here of uh, the town of Lander. I suppose it's um, what maybe like uh, five, ten thousand people, something like that. If that, it's not uh, not all that uh, large of a um, uh, not all that large of a community. Um, but it would be, I guess, as the crow flies, just a little bit to the southeast of um, Grand Teton and, and Jackson Hole. And uh, to the west of uh, places like Laramie, um, and of course you have Cheyenne and and uh, Casper, a little closer to the eastern side of the state. So it uh, along yeah along Highway 287 there, Wyoming Catholic College. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting story that they have there in terms of um, uh, how they how they kind of started out and stuff. Um, looking at their website, WyomingCatholic.edu. Um, their mission statement, Wyoming Catholic College forms students through a rigorous immersion in the primary sources of the classical liberal arts tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Grounded in real experience and thoughtful reflection, our graduates love truth, think clearly, and communicate eloquently, engaging with the world as it is. So, um, yeah, just what, what kinds of thoughts come to your mind as you hear that mission statement? Well, they have these beautiful pictures on their website, and you're watching, and I'm sure this, it, this picture that was taken is the, uh, probably an incoming class, a returning class, as they, they go out into the mountains, and, and they're actually having celebrating Mass with the sunrise here in this gorgeous setting. And with an altar, basically a rock shelf on this uh, plateau. And, yeah. and, and the past students I know who've gone to Wyoming Catholic, uh, they're going to be having incredibly intellectual discussions, philosophical discussion, the the great books, the all these uh, traditional things that are the are the pillars of the Catholic faith. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. So it sounds like we do have uh, Kyle back with us uh, again. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you for having me. We we did a very poor job of representing uh, Wyoming Catholic <laughs> College in your absence. So, so Kyle, tell us ab about yourself and and Wyoming Catholic College and how the two come together. Well, sure. So I'm a Wyoming boy. Uh, I grew up here in Wyoming, and I uh, w 
did a number of things around and about Wyoming and sort of found my way into higher education uh, under the direction of the founding president and the founding dean of Wyoming Catholic College. And so they got me into uh, Catholic liberal arts after a stint in nuclear missile silos and coal mining and, you know, various non-academic things. And uh, fell in love with theology, and I've been involved with Wyoming Catholic College in one way or another since the beginning. I was the uh, founding dishwasher. <laughs> and so I've uh, uh, been, been involved with it since then, and I'm now the academic dean. Okay, so tell me, if I was an incoming freshman this year, and I'm coming in, as I'm coming in, why is going to Wyoming Catholic College, what's so unique about the experience there compared to some other Catholic University experience. Walk, walk us through what would, as an incoming freshman, what are you going to encounter uh, with uh, Wyoming Catholic? Yeah, well, the the first and most obvious shock that you're going to get is the first three weeks of your freshman year are your freshman orientation, and we send you out into the mountains of Wyoming for three week backpacking trip. Yeah, and you learn to uh, pack your backpack. You learn to work with the group, read a map. If you've never done any backpacking, that's fine. You know, we start from ground zero and work up. At the end of those three weeks, you and a small group of your fellows get an X and navigate your way out of the mountains. And in the midst of all that, you're doing that in the context of you have a chaplet on the trip, you're praying every day, you're reflecting on beauty and wonder, and in encountering God uh, in the wilderness, encountering your fellows in the wilderness, and that encounter with God and encounter with God's creation becomes the foundation for everything else that we do. So that, that's pretty unique already. Okay, so that to me that sounds like this is totally different from your mainstream experience. Why? What's the need for having such a different kind of experience? Why, why would this be um, needed at this time in history? Sure. So just, you know, if you think right now, as I'm sitting here in my office, I'm wearing artificial clothing, you know, it's not cotton, it's probably some kind of polyester blend. I'm sitting in a chair that's some kind of synthetic material, breathing air that's being cycled through air conditioning filters, you know, windows are closed, etc. I am hermetically sealed from being in nature, so to speak. And most of us are like that 90% of our days. We go from our house uh, climate control to our car climate control to our office climate control we're just not out in nature in the way that even less than a hundred years ago people were out in nature. And why is that an issue? It's you end up in a completely man-made environment and you think you have absolute control over the environment you're in. And you start adopting a view that Enlightenment philosophers were adopting from early on, that Reality is something that is like putty in our hands. It's something to be manipulated for us to achieve various things. It's not something to be received in an attitude of wonder that leads us into an encounter with God. But for hundreds of years before this, that was the fundamental encounter with reality. When Thomas Aquinas is working on his Summa Theologiae, he's also walking through the uh, wilderness. He's breathing the air, riding a donkey, just encountering the givenness of creation. And so our thought is, we need to get back to that radical encounter with the givenness of reality, with reality being something made for us and greater than us, 
as an underlying thing for the philosophy, the theology, the literature, everything we're going to do. And I think as you look around the world today, we'd say one of the fundamental problems is that much of modern culture thinks all of nature, all of reality, what your body is, everything is dictated by technology, by what you can make it do, not by a givenness, not by a receptive attitude to a creator who gives it to you. You know, what that makes me think of is like, <laughs> you, 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 at least I always hear people, I'd say un, unenlightened or uninformed people, they'll, and maybe with a certain kind of a worldview, they'll say things like, Oh, M Mother Nature is so good, uh, humanity is so evil, the problem with the Earth is the human beings. If everybody just got back to Mother Nature, it's so harmonious and everybody, and it would be just so wonderful. And, and the image that comes to my mind is the guy who went to live with the bears and he wanted to become one with the bears and he ended up getting eaten by the bears. You know, like... <laughs> exactly. You know, I, if, yeah, you're, so if you're going to live in... Consequences. Yeah, if you're going to live... I, I mean... A healthy dose of reality, like, you know, Father Gross and I, we live in North Dakota where we're, we're moaning already about the cold air that's going to become... Because we, why? We, we have to learn how to survive in extreme conditions if you want to live in North Dakota, mm -hmm. you know? And it, 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 it builds character in you, who, who, who you are. Yeah. So, now, do you, yeah, do you, you find... You don't want to romanticize nature, like <laughs> right. you said. You don't want to say, oh, if I just go back into it, I'm going to find this... Uh, utterly Peace, love, and butterflies. Divine <laughs> thing. Right, exactly. But no, it's, it's a school. That's what the Church Fathers have taught from the beginning, right? The wilderness is yes. a school for teaching us about God and can, who we are and who He is. Okay, can you share with us, um, describe to us, like, incoming freshmen, you go out of this three weeks, how are they changed from the time they go out there until now that they returned and more of your normal class schedule is going to start? What, how are they different? So the first thing is, you're out there, and you you realize that you need to communicate. You need to be honest with each other. You know, you're 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 working as a group of 18 year olds who've never met each other. And if you make a mistake, you're in really late. You're sleeping on the cold ground, or you don't get, you know, you're having cold dinner that night. Those kind of things. So you learn a group dynamic communication. But the other thing we we sort of talk about four pillars that we take them through. They, they have an encounter with the beauty of creation in an unfiltered way, right? Most of us in modern society, our typical way of encountering the beauty of nature is on a screensaver shot from Google or Microsoft. Whereas here, you're out there in the nature. It's not just to be seen, it's to be felt, it's to be experienced, and that works on them in a certain way. So they have a sense of this is beautiful, and at the same time, it's immersive, and that opens up a kind of wonder for the nature of reality, a kind of awe. This is the kind of thing that has more questions that I, I want to pursue more. The other thing, oftentimes, if you go out into, if you do, a, say, an adventure trip out into the wilderness, very often it's sort of portrayed as a, a conquering goal. Like, I'm going to figure out how to use this stuff so I can get myself to the peak, look over and do this extreme adrenaline rush or something along those lines. Whereas, again, they come out having learned that they're working with each other, with the natural environment, so that when they come to then reflect on scripture or reflect on the great books of philosophy or great literature, they're coming with this sense of, I approach this with a wonder and odd its beauty. I know it's an immersive thing, 
And I know the goal is not so much conquering it, but learning what this truth is, entering into the truth, and then working with the truth. Now, that doesn't come completely at the end of three weeks. We've started laying the groundwork for three weeks. We keep going back into the outdoor week, outdoors for another uh, seven weeks of their experience plus a semester of horse riding to really cement that. But it's that fundamental grounding of a sense of beauty, an openness to wonder, and a realization that that puts demands on them to respond and grow in relation to it that uh, we see as fundamental to the education. When you return, are there ever any students that say, this is too hard, this is too crazy, I'm out of here? You know, a lot of them say that in the first week. <laughs> and, but the advantage is they're too far out to exactly. about it. Uh, <laughs> you're stuck now. Um, but by the end of it, by the end of it, there's this real sense of accomplishment. But not all of them come out at the end of the three weeks. Not everyone comes out and says, oh, my goodness, I want to do that again. Some of them do. Some of them do. Uh, but not all of them do. And then there's, there's the rejoicing of, oh, my goodness, I love warm water and showers and, you know, things like that. I, I would imagine. mostly, I would imagine you know, the year after, there's, they're all lined up to go act for another week of backpacking. I, I'd imagine, you know, what you've just described to us, that after this experience, that there's an incredible bond amongst them. That, that really sets a foundation for the next four years. It, it is true. It's true. You really learned, to, and, and we put them in their dorm with the people that were on their outdoor trip. And the kind of bonding that happens with your dorm mates when you are huddling together around a campfire, trying to figure out how to get out of the rain or how to overcome a, you know, a lightning storm, there, there's some intense bonding that happens. And... Uh, you also can't hide. So when I was a college freshman, you know, you want to be nice and liked and polite, and you're not really going to be necessarily really communicating. If someone's bugging you, you might just swallow it. Whereas if you're out there for three weeks and your tent mate is setting up a tent such that it's always getting rain inside the tent, at a certain point, you're just going to snap and say something, and you're going to have to work through that. And so all yeah. of a sudden, the, the, yeah. the relationship becomes real. It's not sort of a superficial politeness. It's we really need to be honest with each other and work together to grow in virtue. And, and the sure bonds enough. are pretty incredible. Well, for those who are just joining us, we are visiting with Kyle Washett from uh, Wyoming Catholic College. Now, the students there often refer to God's first book. Uh, would you explain to our listeners what this means and uh, why it's yeah. so important to you guys? Yeah, so in fact, I'm going to the University of Notre Dame. They're hosting a big conference on the, the question of creation, and they've invited us to present about what the experience of God's first book is like at Wyoming Catholic College. The Initial, the first time we see the phrase God's first book used, it seems to be in uh, some rabbinic texts where people are talking about God reveals himself in creation, and then he reveals himself through a saving action in history. And these two things go together. It comes out of the wisdom tradition, this idea of first we look at what God's done in creation, and that helps us understand or is in dialogue with what God has done in salvation history. And the Church Fathers pick that up, and they start talking about this need to learn to encounter God in the wilderness, in what He's done, in the way He, as St. Paul says, He's revealed Himself in creation, His power and His majesty, 
And so that, that gets picked up from the church fathers. It goes becomes a big thing for the Middle Ages, this idea of going to see sort of God's first book that's only beat by his sequel, which was great. You know, the, the Bible just blew the first book out of the water. But the first book's still pretty good. And we're going to go there, and we're going to see what God tells us about ourselves, about who he is, based on the way he's built the world. And then, as we hear what God's done in the world to save us in salvation history, that enhances our reading of the first book. But what do we learn when we read that first book? Well, we learn about God, and we learn about God's incredible love for us, that he built all of this for us, that he made a world in color, that he made a world... uh, that allows us to have the joy of diving into a cool mountain lake or see a gorgeous sunset. We learn about ourselves, we learn about virtue, uh, and who we are, and, and really that sort of process of both knowing who we are in relation to the world God's made, who we are in relation to God, and how we best live that out, all of that comes from this experience of going into the wilderness, which Elijah, which the Israelites... And then the church fathers, the medievals, all saw. And this that experience of in the wilderness learning about who God is, we call the reading of God's first book. How about on the the academic and liturgical side of things? Like, uh, if if I'm a young person and looking to come there, what what could I expect? For example, what kind of degrees do you offer? And what kind of a liturgical life do you offer for the students? Yeah, because we're thinking of this as fundamentally a, a re-encounter with reality, the college is not trying to offer a huge number of different degrees that are going to set you up for a particular employment. The college is instead thinking this is more like a four-year intellectual retreat where you're working on human formation, and we think you're set up for doing various things after, but we're only going to offer one degree. Um, just a Bachelor of Arts and Liberal Arts, with all of the pieces sort of built in together. So you have this wilderness experience, and then you read certain books that build on that, and you go. So it's a four-year degree reading the great books of Western civilization with that same kind of unfiltered encounter with the real that you're getting in the outdoors. And we ask that when you're doing that, all the students take a kind of technological fast. They give up their cell phones, they limit their internet, so that this direct encounter with the real, the not sort of virtual encounter, the direct encounter with the real, can be sustained in the community life and the education as we go on. So it's a four-year, one-set degree, reading the great works of theology, the great works of literature, the great works of the perennial philosophy, in dialogue with your experience in the outdoors, so that in one sense the whole education is a four-year experiential education, an immersive education. Now what happens along with that is because we're convinced this is a Catholic education, we need to have a rich spiritual life that supports not only the outdoor experience and the academics, but also the community life. And so we've, we try to offer our students uh, the richness of the Catholic liturgical tradition. So we have a full-time Byzantine Rite chaplain who has daily Byzantine services, prayer with the icons, the breathing with both lungs that St. John Paul II talks about, a strong Roman Rite tradition that includes a reverent celebration of the uh, Mass of St. John Paul II and St. Paul VI, as well as a uh, reverent celebration um, 
of the traditional Latin Mass um, on the schedule dictated by the bishop um, in accordance with the rules of St. Francis, or Pope Francis. And we have daily rosary, we have confession, we have adoration, we're praying the liturgy of the hours, so that all of this experiential education happens in the context of an attitude of prayer, um, an attitude of fasting, an attitude that sustains a person in this transformative encounter with God through his revelation, through his creation, and through the great books of the Western tradition. Could you describe to us what, say, from the first moment you, you meet a new freshman until you see a graduating senior, just as an you know, observer of what, what difference do you see in this human person for, in those four years? So, so the first thing that is most striking to me is those freshmen become our friends. But as, as an academic dean, as faculty members, they're, we're, we're spending time with them together growing in virtue, together thinking about the most important things. So we get together at class, and we're asking, who is Jesus Christ and what does it mean? Or how do I live out a life of virtue? Or what, what, what's the world like? How do we respond to these questions? And as freshmen, you know, they come very green. They, they, they're you know, full of energy and enthusiasm. But by the end of the four years, they've gained the skills to be really careful thinkers, to clearly communicate, to be sharers in this life of virtue, with us. And so at graduation, it's really sort of this bittersweet moment. One, they're going out into the world, they're going to do great things, but we've spent four years developing these great friendships with these young men and women who are now these remarkable, virtuous, articulate, deep-thinking folks, and, and they're going to leave. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just amazed every year by how, how impressive our graduates are. Yeah, and we just have a few seconds left, but um, where is your current enrollment at? What uh, is the size of the, your facility? So, so we are intentionally a small college because of this immersive experience and community. We think, in some sense, the community is the instrument of the education, this, this life of pursuing virtue and prayer sure. together. And so we are at around 200 students. Right now we're at just 190. But we, we're sort of around 200, a little over, a little okay. under, is the number we're shooting for for the near future. Well, this is an exciting concept as you guys continue with a sort of blank slate of uh, reimagining offering a higher education for Catholic people to uh, work on the whole person. And uh, Kyle, thank you very much for joining us today and all the best to you in, in, uh, uh, in, in your ministry. Well, well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, I hope you guys are able to avoid the uh, coming North Dakota cold for a little bit longer. <laughs> yes, yes, you and you and us both, definitely. <laughs> well, com well, coming up next, uh, thanks again, Kyle. Um, how is music connected to worship? John Cons will tell us more after this break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 